0: (laughs) Let's let's begin. Heavenly Father, this morning, will you soften our hearts to hear what it is we need to hear this morning? If we've already heard it, great. But if there's more you want to encourage us with, I pray you put our antennas up so that when you do try to get our attention, we're ready to hear what it is you want to encourage us with. I pray this in Jesus' name, Amen. All right, intentional thankfulness. I thought I was done. I did two parts, and then as I got thinking through uh, the message, and it even changed this morning. So, like, oh, don't do this. <laughs> yeah, I was scrambling. It was a lot of fun. Uh, so, part three. We're putting a third one into this. Um, uh, I want to begin with a devotional from Henry Nauen. Uh Henry's got a lot of great stuff, and this was on the choice of gratitude. And I think sometimes when things aren't going well, when we become bummed out, anxious, whatever you want to call it, um, it's then we need to intentionally be thankful to help direct our attention, because when we're anxious, our attention is on anxious things. Let's read. Gratitude goes beyond the mine and thine and claims the truth that all of life is a pure gift. In the past, I always thought of gratitude as a spontaneous response to the awareness of gifts received. But now I realize that gratitude can also be lived as a discipline. Now this is, this is an important point. The idea of being thankful for what you have, that's kind of what's been taught. That's kind of how we've talked about it just oh be grateful there's more this the discipline of gratitude is the explicit effort to acknowledge that all i am and have is given to me as a gift of love a gift to be celebrated with joy gratitude as a discipline involves a conscious choice not just a reaction I can choose to be grateful even when my emotions and feelings are still steeped in hurt and resentment. It is amazing how many occasions present themselves in which I can choose gratitude instead of a complaint. Now, I have not perfected this. (sighs) That's hard. The choice for gratitude rarely comes without some real effort. But each time I make it, the next choice is a little easier, a little freer, a little less self-conscious. There is an Estonian proverb that says, who does not thank for little will not thank for much. Acts of gratitude make one grateful because step by step, they reveal that all is grace. I love that. Thank you, Henry, for that. We need something to set our emotions in mind. So let's dig in. I want to begin with a story, Luke 17. I had an aha moment this morning from this story. I was like, what? But it's personal. I'll share with it in a few minutes. But I, I, I connected something I'd never thought of before. I was beginning to, I'll read the story first. 10 healed of leprosy. As Jesus continued towards Jerusalem, he reached the border between Galilee and Samaria. As he entered a village there, 10 men with leprosy stood at a distance. Now, keep in mind, you, if you had leprosy, you had to stay away from everybody. It was like the plague. You, you were the most ostracized in, in the whole village. You, couldn't, you were unclean and you had to stay away. And if you dared, not they could stone you to death right away because of your disrespect and disobedience. So they stood away a distance crying out, "Jesus, master, have mercy on us." He looked at them and said, "Go show yourselves to the priests, because the law requires this." And as they went, they were cleansed of their leprosy. By the way, it says as they went so as they are going, they are being cleansed. One of them, when they saw that he was healed, came back to Jesus shouting, praise God. Can you imagine doing the walk and all the 10 in and suddenly, hey, your skin's cleaner and up. What? 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 You know, like, can you just imagine the, the exhilaration of whatever's going on? My nose is back. Like, who knows what was going on? I don't know if they didn't have mirrors, but anyway. He fell to the ground at Jesus' feet, thanking him for what he had done. And this man was a Samaritan. Keep in mind, the Samaritans were hated by Jews. Jews would go all the way around, like take an extra couple of days around the whole region to avoid being in contact with Samaritans. They had a beef, a religious beef. That doesn't happen in our country, does it? That doesn't happen in North America. We fight over our faith, right? No. The Samaritans said, we're supposed to worship on this mountain. And the Jews said, no, we worship in the temple. You're wrong. No, we're wrong. You're wrong. No. It's like this back and forth, and they just hated each other. And yet, it was the Samaritan that came and said, thank you. Jesus asked, didn't I heal 10 men? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And he's saying this for everyone else. He's not saying it for the Samaritan, making him feel like bad, no, 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 no. And Jesus said to the man, I love this, stand up and go, your faith has healed you. Or, your faith has saved you. Does that mean the other nine weren't healed? No, they're fully healed. Here's what hit me. If what Jesus did at the cross affects all humanity, and only one comes back out of all humanity, the few, I would say, maybe those are the ones who come to the awareness of the revelation of the love of Christ and place their faith in Jesus while everyone else still has that healed. But when you're going to hear a response from another translation, you're going to see this one recognize the source of the healing. I'm going to share with you a whole bunch of of translations. I love doing this because one translation cannot share all of it. It just doesn't work. Anybody that studies history and languages knows that. So let's dig into this verse because it's really big. The First Nations translation says, And he said to the man, Stand up, be on your way. Your trust in me has healed you. How is that possible? well all 10 went he told them to go and if they listened it would have happened and they all went so they all had tr- some trust maybe even a sliver of trust just a sliver maybe maybe it's true are you going to try i'm going to try i'll try anything right now just a sliver of hope that this could be real and they went the moment they took the first step Faith became active, and they step by step by step, the trust and hope in the one who declared what can happen. Hmm. love that. The message translation, which is a very relaxed translation from Eugene Peterson, then he said to him, get up on your way, your faith has healed and saved you. And you'll see why in a few minutes, why both words are there. Beautiful words. And this is from the mirrored translation. I love this because this makes a little more sense. So this is verse 18 now and 19. The nine Jews obviously didn't connect, because he's asking, hey, where are the other nine? The nine Jews obviously didn't connect the dots to recognize me as the source of their healing and therefore didn't even bother to turn back and glorify God like this foreigner did. I love how that is said. Again, this adds to the, the artwork that's being set up for us to understand this text. It's not just a flat reading of words. There's a lot going on here. Then he says... He then told the man, you can arise and continue on your life's journey, knowing that it was your faith that rescued you, not something you earned through a religious formula as a reward for obeying some moral Jewish laws and principles. Which was the meme I shared at the very beginning. Your faith has rescued you. And then if you have the book, The Incarnate Faith, uh, the book Divine Embrace, uh, I think a couple of you do, but read that chapter on incarnate faith as it describes what is faith. Because this faith, we say your faith healed you. Well, hang on, whose faith? My faith? Do I have faith on my own? Do I have my own individual, independent, separated from God faith, my own cubby of faith? Do I? No, none of us do. Faith is a gift, Another word for faith is trust. That's why we see the, the word trust in these translations. The faith you have for anything is a gift from Jesus to you. If he gives you a lot, woohoo, celebrate. If he gives you a little, celebrate, because that's still a lot. Hmm. This is worth thinking about, faith. Remember we, um, I forget that verse now, Galatians 2.20. is no longer I, um, anyway. I can't, my brain's frozen because I'm on this. But we live by the faith of the Son of God, not faith in the Son of God. That's what that Galatians 2.20 is. Most translations will read it, I live by faith in the Son of God, which is dependent on who? Who's the one that you have to depend on if if you read that verse that way? Yourself. Well, you've never been called to trust in yourself, unlike our society. (laughs) You're called to live by Christ in you. And we live by the faith of the Son of God. The Young's literal translation says, I live by, Son of God, faith. That's why it's so much easier now to have conversations with people and not try to get them to have faith. Pressure's off. It's not my job to give people faith or help them have faith. My, My job is to reveal the good news that we have been reconciled. And when you believe it, it changes everything. Now, let's get a little deeper, just for fun. The uh, mounts reverse into linear New Testament. So this is where they take the English and they have the Greek and the numbers and all that weird stuff, and and they show you what the language is from the translation. So, it says, your faith has made you well. So the word faith is called pistis. And has made is sozo. Made you well. Sozo. What do those words mean? Glad you asked. All right. Faith. Here's what pistis means. And you're going to be shocked where in scripture the word pistis is. And it's not always using the same word faith. Believe is sometimes there are two in others. So you're, it, it, here's what it means. This is the faith. Your faith has healed you. Faith, belief, firm persuasion, assurance, firm conviction, ground of belief, guarantee, assurance, good faith, honesty, integrity, faithfulness, truthfulness, and the New Testament faith in God and Christ. That's that's a very short summary of what faith is. It's not an item to be grasped. I'm going to have some water now. There we go. Now I have water. Well, now I don't have water anymore. No, I don't have faith. Now I have faith. Now I have water. No, it's not like that. It's internal, and it's a gift. You know Stop telling people to have more faith. I grew up with that, and it's still prominent. I'm finding it more and more in our culture, and things are getting worse in our religious world where pressure is being put on for severe performance and control. Listen, Jesus modeled control for us. If he wanted to pull rank, he could have pulled rank. And do you know what he did instead? Submitted. You want to pull rank? You want to control? That's not what Jesus did. Jesus submitted. In fact, the entire Trinity submitted to the cross as humans killed him. In fact, it was the religious system. <laughs> so that's the word faith. Faith. What about Sozo? This is the one we need to study a whole lot more. I can hardly wait to do a series on what is saved, what does salvation mean. It will surprise many. So Sozo, to save, to rescue... To preserve safe and unharmed, to bring safely to, to cure, to heal, to restore to health, to save, to preserve from being lost, to deliver from, set free from, in the New Testament, to rescue, hence the song Rescue at the beginning, to rescue from unbelief, convert, to save from final ruin, to be on the way of salvation. Keep in mind, in Scripture, there are three tenses of the word salvation, salvation. Will be saved, saved, and has already been saved. All three are fluctuating all the time. So if you're gonna fight over it, stop because somebody may see it one way, somebody may see it another, somebody may see all of it, and there's a great mystery in there too. As soon as we get all certain and create fights, we cease to be loving. And we cease to try to understand. But This saved thing is also connected to healing. (laughs) I love it. Acts 16, there's a declaration. They said, believe in the Lord Jesus and you'll be saved. Now, part of this is just a bit of fun because the word Lego is in there. That's all, just in case. Whoever likes Lego, there it is. It's in the Greek. It's a Greek thing. And the word said means Lego. (laughs) I thought it was pretty funny. Anyway, but believe, pisteos, which is a connection to pistis. Believe. Faith. Believe in the Lord Jesus, and you'll be saved, healed. And then you take a look at the word, what saved means. Being drawn in, saved from, entered into, on the path of salvation. All of it, together. (laughs) Colossians 2, verse 6 and 7 from the NRSVA version says this. This is beautiful. As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, continue to live your lives or walk in him, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith, just as you were taught abounding in thanksgiving. That's a lot there for a moment. As therefore you have received Christ. How did we receive Christ? Was it your really special, sincere prayer? Was it the time you were in real trouble and you actually meant it? Or could it be a combination of all the times you half meant it because you were trying to control God, because you wanted to get an escape from a problem, and then you made a deal and say, hey, if you do this, I'll do this? How many times have we prayed that? I have prayed that over and over in my past. <laughs> Yeah, I'll serve you better if you let this save you. <laughs> it's terrible. But that's 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 that was where I was. I love Jesus dearly. And at no one time have I ever fully understood Jesus. Even today, not a chance. But the revelation is getting bigger and wider and deeper constantly. There is no arrival. That's why we don't compare with someone uh, someone else. Well, oh, they're so spiritual. Oh, says you. Try asking their spouse. They'll tell you. <laughs> hey, don't elbow him. <laughs> I'm kidding. So joking. <laughs> we don't know what's going on in people's lives. We don't compare. We, we see other happy people, but we don't know what's going on in their homes. We don't know the crisis they're going through, the stress they're going through. We assume, because we have been trained to judge the exterior. <laughs> That's another sermon. But how have we received Christ. Faith came to you. That's how. Therefore, continue to live your lives or walk in him. By him living in you. Not by trying to get more of him. You can't get more of Jesus. You can't get more of God in you. You are already complete. You lack nothing. Tell me one thing you could possibly lack. And I'll tell you, it's your awareness of what you think you're missing. You are fully complete in Christ, lacking zip, because what's holding together is the faith of Christ, not your own. My faith would falter and flip flop and be emotionally woohoo, because I'm quite emotional sometimes. <clears throat> and then, as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. This thanksgiving part is really important, this intentional part. When you meditate and think on, ponder the goodness of God having come to you, like, I look back and I, I think, how in the world did I actually come to believe all this? It has to have been Jesus all along. Even in a, in a filtered religious system that I grew up in, that for years I've said, oh, they taught me wrong stuff, and all that. so what? In that wrong stuff, I still learned Truth, I just didn't understand all the stuff around it. I had misinterpretations of it. It was the word is incomplete. Even today, it's all incomplete, and we still grow. I love this unlearning and learning. And I look back and I, I see God is still changing people's lives. And then I bump into people that never came to faith until in their 20s and 30s or 40s. It's like, "What? God is still bringing people to faith. Really? No way. Yeah And then we have the crazy stuff going on in the Middle East, where Iranians or Muslims are receiving a direct revelation of Jesus in dreams, visions, and they're believing faith came to them, and they believe in Jesus. They, nobody makes this stuff up, and it's, these are real stories. It's happening. And nobody went to preach to them. No way. Don't tell God how to do his job, and he doesn't need your help. Philippians 4: 12 to 13: "I have lived with less than I need." this is Paul writing, "And I have lived with more than I need. I've learned the secret of walking the road of life, whether I am well-fed or hungry, whether I am more than I need, or whether I have more than I need or not enough. I can do some things through Christ, the chosen one, who gives me strength. No corrections. I can do all things through the chosen one. This is not a Harry Potter wand. I want to warn you. Too many believers, especially on Facebook, throw this verse out there with this flippant, but I can do all things through Christ. It's all good. And they go, plug their ears and go, la, 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 la. And they play the happy card and they sound like cuckoos. It's like, I don't believe you anymore because... You are not intellectually engaging with this. You're not spiritually engaging and understanding what this is saying. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. When God inspires you, when Jesus inspires you, motivates you to do something, the strength will come, the source will come from Jesus. The inspirer will be your strength. And the outcome oh, my goodness! So, who gets the praise? Not you. I'm going to post on Facebook what God did through me this week. (laughs) (laughs) Seriously, it's a thing. Colossians 1, 9 to 14. For this reason, since the day we heard it, we have not ceased praying for you and asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of God's will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. Something's going on here. Paul's antenna is up. He's praying. Not necessarily on his knees, probably was, but praying constantly. Do we pray for one another like this? Maybe we're unaware. Maybe there's room for some maturity here as you're going, as you're driving, as you're working, praying for people, things, whatever comes to your mind, praying for leaders, even the ones you can't stand. There's enough of them. <laughs> He's not stopped praying, but praying what? That's <laughs> a hilarious joke. It says, I thought you said you were going to pray for me. And the other side says, yeah, deliver me from evil. <laughs> Okay, now you get it. <laughs> Bad joke. But anyway, this, the prayer is, in all spiritual wisdom and understanding, that it will be filled with the knowledge. Pray for the knowledge of God's love in others. You may not even need to pray for people's healing. You can. But when we pray, I pray for peace in people. I was on a Zoom call yesterday with a dying man. They put me on Zoom to, so I can see him and pray for him. My friend Terry, he probably will pass away today. I, I, I don't know. But I pray for his peace, that he'll experience the love of God. Not that he gets healed. Let God take care of that. He can pray that prayer himself. Jesus is praying anyway. So I want to pray for peace. I want him to feel Jesus around him. Well, you should pray for his healing. Well, that was not led to me to do that. Oh, maybe that's a clue. Maybe this is actually about abiding in Christ. Jesus lived by listening to his heavenly father every step of the way. Every step of the way, moment by moment by moment, even when he turned the water to wine. First miracle in the Bible. Great miracle, by the way. Mama, it takes a mama. Son, we need wine, now get some. However, she did it, but she did the mama thing. And he said, mama, it's not my time. And I have a hunch, in those moments, he's talking to his heavenly father, it may not have been the time, and then maybe 20 seconds, 30 seconds later, Papa says, now, now's the time. Just like when he went to Jerusalem, Told the guys, nope, not my time. Well, they're gone for half an hour. Now go. What's with the timing? How come I. (laughs) Jesus never questioned the timing. He listened and trusted his heavenly father to guide him what to say, where to go, moment by moment, instant by instant. On his way to Lazarus's tomb, the only guy I know that shows up four days late for a funeral. Not a good model. But he was listening to his father working on healing. Even when he arrived, he knew he was going to heal Lazarus and raise him from the dead, but he does something different. Gets to the gravestone. What is it? What happens? He sees the people crying. He doesn't do the religious leader thing. Now I'm here. You can stop your crying. I've got this. Trust me. I got this. Like, hey, you guys are crying too much. Don't you have any trust in me? Nothing like that. The exact opposite happens. What does he do? He weeps. Why would Jesus weep? I'll tell you, it's because he was human. He identified with their pain. He may have known he was going to heal at that moment. He may not have. We don't know. But even if he did, this is about love. This is about gracing those who are there. And he wept. Not just a trickle, but he wept. And that's what we need to learn as believers. To be with people. Have ears to hear. Emotions to feel what's going on around us. Nobody's going to get it right. But the practice of awareness... Holy Spirit, who do I need to speak to? And you'd be shocked at how many times the Holy Spirit may prod you, nudge you, buy that person a coffee, buy this, serve this, clean that yard for that person. Encourage that person, smile at that person as you walk past them, now, quick! <laughs> <laughs> who, who knows? Who knows? <laughs> And then it continues, verse 10. So that you may lead lives worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him as you bear fruit in every good work and as you grow in the knowledge of God. It does not say you'll be a fruit. It means you'll bear fruit. Fruit is the excess, the result of the love of God working its way through our, listen, soul, and mind. The love of God. First of all, you got to believe you're loved. If you're not quite there, let God work on that. Be loved. Hmm. May you be made strong with all the, here it is, strength that comes from His glorious power that you may be prepared to endure everything, everything, with patience while joyfully giving thanks to the Father. Now, Happiness and joy are different things. Happiness has to do with happenings. Joy is about the trust of the presence of God who has enabled or called you or us to share in the inheritance of the saints in the light. You have an inheritance in Christ. Here it is. He has, past tense, rescued or dragged out of danger to rescue, to save us from the power of darkness and transferred, past tense, us into the kingdom of his beloved son. You're already there. So when we say darkness is strong, the darkness is strong in this one. Well, guess what? The light is bigger. The light is overcome already. And if you believe the darkness has the strength, then it does. According to your belief, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. You are already forgiven. Walk in it. When you believe it, you begin to act like it. When you act like it, you actually begin to not only forgive yourself, you begin to forgive others. That's a whole bunch of sermons to go. We've gone through that one, but that's a big one. How do we walk in thanksgiving? By acknowledging the belief in us. And every one of us has been given a measure of belief. This week, what will it look like to you? I pray that you'll put your antenna up, your faith antenna, that's already there. And maybe Jesus will encourage you Maybe to walk off for two minutes and pray in a forest, or pull over inside of a road and acknowledge a sunrise or sunset. Anything. There are no rules to this. It's not about doing stuff, it's about being the love of God wherever we are. And that's what we need to be in this community or the communities you live in. And you, can, you heard how many places people are watching from wherever you are, be the living presence of the love of God. Unfortunately, some of it may take a lot longer because we still are working through believing it for ourselves. When you're frustrated, angry, take your eyes off the ones you're angry with. It's a misdirection. Put your eyes back onto Christ and let that light push out any darkness that false darkness and be love be loved and be loving let's pray heavenly father wake us up to the truth inside of us already will you gently help us understand will you gently open our minds Pray today you'll have encouraged everybody who's heard this. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.